Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. Get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name, of course, is Max McGuire. Haven't quite settled on a time slot yet, um, how often the show is going to air. That will happen shortly. Um, probably going to go something like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two days a week, grow into an everyday show. Um, but for now, as I'm trying to get everything ready, these are going to be a little bit more sporadic. So just um, bear with me on that. Lots of announcements in the, con- in the description. You'll find that there's all different places now that have already processed it. You can go to listen to the audio podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Podbean. Google Podcasts should also be up and running. You can find it there. Um, so if you haven't already, check it out. And please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you can. Leave us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We are now 185. 185 on Apple Podcasts which is pretty good considering um, we had one show. (laughs) So please, if you can, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and uh, subscribe there. We have a lot to talk about today, and it's been pretty disgusting what the left is doing. I titled the show that the the left's court-packing scheme has begun. It's starting, and that is true. We knew that they were going to be doing this. We thought it was going to come down the pike and have uh, some form of legislation or executive order. No, they are just going to try and force out conservative justices so that Joe Biden can in turn nominate his own. And as we've seen um, with Judge Jackson, we know the kind of caliber of justice that Joe Biden wants to put on the court. Someone who is uh, sympathetic as a soft spot for pedophiles. Not exactly um, what you or I would think would be a very good Supreme Court justice. But now they're going after Clarence Thomas. And you remember that this past week, Clarence Thomas was admitted to the hospital. Um, They said he had flu-like symptoms, said that he had um, an infection of some kind. They said he was going to make complete recovery. I don't know if he's been released yet, but they said his prognosis is good. Now, if you remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was in the hospital, I went out of my way to make sure that I, I wasn't repeating some of the things that we heard among the conservative movement, wasn't wishing her ill, wasn't wishing her dead, was wishing her a full recovery so she could then retire and spend time with her family in peace rather than being propped along by the left um, as a placeholder, as as someone who's just going to hold a spot in line, hopefully until the next Democrat became president. Uh, So it's been really disgusting to see how the left has treated Clarence Thomas at the same time that they're, they're celebrating the first black woman potentially being added to the Supreme Court. It's really interesting to see these same people come down hard against Clarence Thomas, who was the first black man on the Supreme Court. Now, if you criticize Judge Jackson, you're a racist because she's black. But apparently it's fair game to to criticize Thomas. And the latest attack on Clarence Thomas is actually not an attack on him. It's an attack on his wife. Now, you see, his wife, Ginny Thomas, was texting Mark Meadows in January of 2021. Why was she texting Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff? She was texting him 
telling him not to give up, not to let Donald Trump give up, that the 2020 election was stolen and that he needs to keep fighting to make sure that Joe Biden doesn't steal the country. That was, those were text messages between Ginny Thomas, um, Clarence Thomas's wife, and Mark Meadows. Those have been released to the public now because, as you remember, the January 6th committee, the witch hunt in Congress, subpoenaed all of the text messages of high-ranking government officials to see who they were talking to on before and immediately after January 6th to build a narrative that what happened on January 6th, the, the small number of people who actually broke the law, that that was somehow an inside job and it was led and run by Donald Trump. That couldn't be farther, farther from the truth, but they wanted to get into these text messages so they could claim, so they could claim that uh, this was all an inside job. Well, here's the thing. We know that they don't actually have a legislative purpose behind this. They don't have a legislative purpose for this. This is all political. They're going after their political opponents, and they're going to try and take them down by any means necessary. We've heard Democrats admit that this is their form of a Benghazi kind of hearing, and it's already starting to come out. So the first bit, I mean, when, when Congress subpoenas text messages, they're not supposed to be released to the public. The whole deal is that it's supposed to help Congress with legislative intent, help Congress figure out a way to draft new legislation to combat the threat of extremism. It's amazing how every time that they actually secure different bits of communication through subpoenas, it's amazing how that leaks. But not really amazing. We know it's coming. We know why they're doing this. It's all political. And they've started with Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife. And here on my screen, you can see that Senator Wyden is now demanding that Justice Thomas recuse himself from any case involving January 6th and any case that could potentially involve the 2024 election. Think about that. Because Clarence Thomas's wife texted the chief of staff, Ron Wyden, Democrat senator from Oregon, says that Clarence Thomas should recuse himself from any case potentially involving the 2024 election. He says, at a bare minimum, Justice Thomas needs to recuse himself from any case, yada, yada, yada. There were 29 text messages. 29 text messages. And here's the deal. You can see how the left is trying to conflate this. Because this was, this was grabbed by the January 6th committee, they're assuming, they're, they're painting the picture that this had something to do with January 6th. Ginny Thomas was not storming the Capitol. She was not running through the halls of the Capitol, putting her feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. She was not wearing the Viking helmet. She was not involved in that. But because the January 6th committee has leaked this, they're trying to create the narrative that she was. And here is ultimately... I found this real this headline really, really interesting. This is from the New Yorker. Is Ginny Thomas a threat to the Supreme Court? No? Uh, no? That'd be my guess. No, she's not a threat to the Supreme Court. She's just Clarence Thomas's wife. She's entitled to her political opinion. She's allowed to be an advocate, an activist. Obviously, uh, what she does and what she says reflects on Clarence Thomas. But <laughs> they're making this out to be a lot bigger than it actually is. So they want him to recuse himself. There are actually, there are some Democrats there demand that he resign or be impeached. Imagine that, impeaching the first African-American Supreme Court justice. <laughs> impeaching him, 
because his wife sent a text message to the White House chief of staff. Political text message. And this is the part that really angers me because they're trying to make it seem like there was no such thing as a legitimate argument against certification on January 6th or right before. They're trying to say that this was just a, a, a bygone conclusion and anyone who had any constitutional reservations or critiques about how this process was running, you were just a conspiracy theorist. You were always a conspiracy theorist and you continue to be a conspiracy theorist. But the truth is that all of the claims that I was making at that time, you can go back and watch on CD podcast. Those are some of our best episodes, I think, by the way, me being able to do deep dives into how all this was going on. Go back and listen to that. We presented, I presented very clear, concise, coherent, well-researched constitutional arguments against certifying what I still to this day believe were either fraudulent results or the Democrats were putting their finger on the scale to change the rules to, to ensure that their side won. There's lots that we know and there's lots that we don't know about 2020. And there's lots of theories out there. I mean, Joe has his theories. I know he has his theories. There's lots that we know it did happen, though. Like, beyond any doubt, we know that there was rampant illegal ballot harvesting. We know that Mark Elias, with his team at Democracy Docket, this website I just put on the screen, they were running around the country change, challenging election laws, changing election laws through the courts to ensure that their ballot harvesters could get out there and secure the ballots. We know that there were fake ballots. We know that they were stealing ballots. We know all that. The, the electronic voting side, that remains to be proven. Now, there's plenty out there suggesting that these systems are not trustworthy. There's plenty out there suggesting that <laughs> that uh, that these people running these companies shouldn't be anywhere near a voting machine. Like, I, I don't know everything about Eric Coomer. I do know what we've learned since Joe came out about Eric Coomer. All of the things we've seen from his Facebook page. All of the things we've seen about his character since then, all the things we've seen that he said about America, someone like him shouldn't be allowed in the same zip code of a voting machine, let alone be allowed to help program it. That's all true. We don't know how those machines were manipulated. What we do know is that they are manipulatable, right? So when you take everything and you add it all up, it's very honest that there was fraud in the 2020 election. It's very honest that there... It's very obvious that the Democrats were changing the rules to give themselves an advantage. So no matter how you define that word stolen, it's very reasonable to hold that belief, even to this day, given everything we're seeing around us. But because Ginny Thomas was texting that to Mark Meadows, they're trying to paint her as some kind of extremist. That no, it's, it's settled. It's over. You cannot possibly have thought that. It was illegitimate to think it then. It's illegitimate to think it now. And therefore... Clarence Thomas should be removed from the bench. Impeached. They're talking about impeaching him. Just, just think about this. They're talking about impeaching a Supreme Court justice because of what his wife sent as a text message. They're even angrier, it turns out, because when the case was brought before the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court decided whether or not Congress had the authority to secure these communications records, for people, subjects of in, suspects of interest, whatever they, whatever they called them, Clarence Thomas was the lone vote no. But they're trying to paint this picture that Clarence Thomas only voted no to try and stop his wife's text messages from being released. 
that when this case came before his court, he knew that his wife's text messages were in that bunch and he still voted no in an attempt to stop it. There's a serious problem with that logical argument and that is there's really no reason for him to have voted no. If that was his intent, if Clarence Thomas only voted no to protect his wife, he knew he was the lone vote. He knew he was the lone vote. He gains nothing from being a single vote against that, uh, that ruling. All he gets from that are headaches. People accusing him of being corrupt. If he was truly corrupt, if he truly was trying to, which was trying to game the system to protect his wife, he would have seen that the, the tables were, the cards were stacked against him, that he had no chance of winning that um, argument, and he would have voted with the majority just so he didn't look like he was trying to interfere. But they're saying, oh no, he stuck to his guns, he stuck to his principles, and because he continued to vote no, that means he is compromised. And as a result, they, <laughs> they want him impeached, they want him removed, they want him to recuse himself from any case, uh, I got this wrong actually, any case involving Donald Trump, any case involving Joe Biden, any case involving January 6th, any case involving the 2020 election, any case involving voter fraud or voting machines or election laws, any case involving the 2024 election. And I'm sure, I'm sure you'll hear them say that they want him to also recuse himself from any January, from any 2022 midterm case, if it was to read the Supreme Court. They basically just want him off because he stood for principle He's not, he shouldn't be allowed to vote on any of those cases anymore. Their ultimate goal here is to replace him with a liberal. That's what they want. They're not even pretending. We know the caliber of liberal they want to put on the Supreme Court, the Jacksons of the world, which, by the way, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. Um, that first episode we did of this new show, The Max McGuire Show, um, <laughs> first episode we did covering her, the craziness absolute craziness of her of her soft spot for pedophilia there really is no defense of it whatsoever um more information came to light since then let's see if i can put it up on my screen just grabbing it off of my own telegram um more information came to light about that case about that um that specific case i can't get it can i get this uh, more information came to light so that man that man wesley hawkins Wesley Hawkins, he was brought before. Remember that? That's the 18-year-old man who on Christmas morning started posting child pornography onto YouTube and then sharing it with undercover agents, collecting a uh, stockpile of over, over 600 images and videos. Well, it turns out that not only did she give him a three-month sentence, sent him on his merry way, and do everything she could to, to make sure he could reoffend in the future, it turns out that he actually did reoffend in the future. This on my screen, I'm going to see if I can zoom in. This is documentation for um, resentencing. So in 2019, Wesley Hawkins was brought back before Judge Jackson's court on the same case. Important to note, this was not a different case. This was not a separate case. This was not him committing another crime after this document is in the same case file as the one we talked about earlier. Um, the one we talked about earlier, I think it was 2013. He came before her again for resentencing. Resentencing means that he, viol 
I want to make sure I'm completely protected here because I guess there could be something else. The way I read it, resentencing means that he violated some of the terms of his um, parole or some of the terms of his probation and basically reoffended. I mean, you don't bring someone in front of a judge for a child pornography charge unless they've done something related to child pornography. And you can see here that on this resentencing, I'm going to see again if I can zoom in just so people can read it. On this resentencing, the judge, Judge Jackson, ruled that he must go to a residential re-entry center. I, I believe that's something like a halfway house, I guess, for child porn addicts. A residential re-entry center. He must stay there, reside there for a term of 180 days. So her second, her second sentence, 30, uh, three months for the first one, 90 days. Here, the second bite of the apple, she sends him to a residential re-entry center for 180 days. Then the resentencing requires that he allow a probation officer to install computer monitoring software on his computer. And then to ensure compliance with the computer monitoring software, you must allow a probation officer to conduct initial and periodic unannounced searches of any computer subject to computer monitoring. These, service, these searches shall be conducted to determine whether the computer contains any prohibited data prior to installation of the monitoring software, whether monitoring hardware has functioned effectively after its installation, whether there have been any attempts to circumvent the monitoring software, you must warn any people who use these computers that the computers may be subject to searches. This man was convicted, sentenced for possession of child porn, and six months, six years later, brought back before the judge and forced to put computer monitoring software on his computer. That tells me he reoffended. That tells me he violated the conditions of his probation, uh, his parole, whatever it is. Um, I guess his probation office right here. And had to be monitored even more. And you can see here, there is Katanji. Brown Jackson signed April 17, 2019. I bring this up because this is the caliber. She was asked about this. Asked about this in the hearing. About the, the second resentencing hearing. She said, I don't remember that. Really? <laughs> so she doesn't remember any of the child pornography cases. And she also doesn't remember the case where the guy reoffended and was brought to her and she had to up the sentence. I bring this up because this is the caliber, as I said, of, of justices that Joe Biden wants to pack the court with. When you hear liberals say they want to pack the court, they want to add people like this. They want to add people like this. And before I found this, this uh, resentencing document, it was all just hypothetical. It was all just hypothetical that, oh, she sent him away for only three months. He could have reoffended. Now it looks like he did reoffend. It looks like he did reoffend. So the, the, the victims just keep piling up. They just keep piling up. So now they want to remove Clarence Thomas. They want to remove Clarence Thomas. They want to impeach him. You know how hard it is to impeach a justice of the Supreme Court? Mechanism's the same as the president. You need a majority in the House. You need a supermajority in the Senate. It's not going to happen. Right? It's... it's <laughs> He's not going to get impeached, but they want him to be impeached. And they're trying to gin up this controversy, claiming that he should be impeached. I want to take a moment just to look at some of, the, some of what people are tweeting. What some people are tweeting about it. Dan Rather, he says, what does Clarence Thomas know and when did he know it? Oh, when did he know that his wife believed the election was stolen? <laughs> I like this one. 
<laughs> Clarence Thomas is a living le legend who laughs at the woke haters. Yeah. Bastion Gorka. Clarence Thomas has been released from the hospital. That's good. That's good news. All these people are trying to... Here we go. Ted Lieu. He's a Democrat. Ginny Thomas can do whatever crazy thing she wants, but Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas cannot rule on a case that would disclose the crazy things Ginny Thomas was doing. It's a clear conflict of interest. He dishonored the Supreme Court. Rob Reiner. Oh, my goodness. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tool. In a functioning democracy, Clarence Thomas would be impeached. John Cooper says Clarence Thomas is the most corrupt Supreme Court justice in our nation's history. Really? Obviously, you haven't studied history. Obviously, your view of history is like 50 years back. Really? We're not going to like, <laughs> you think that he takes the cake from the justices that were involved in like Dred Scott and some of these really disgusting rulings? You really think that Clarence Thomas is the worst? Okay. Okay. And where are the calls of racism? Where are the calls of all of these liberal Democrats being racist? You are racist. They're attacking the only black Supreme Court justice. And we still say that. They haven't rammed Miss Jackson through. <laughs> haven't rammed her through yet. He's still the only black Supreme Court justice. And nope, they just, uh, they can get away with saying whatever they want to say. Sarah Reese Jones, Clarence Thomas cannot sit on the court after his wife's text messages show that he voted to protect his own interests. That's not what it shows. It doesn't show that at all. And again, if you just think critically, if you think logically, if his goal was to protect his wife, seeing that he was not going to win the case, that his side was not going to prevail, it makes no sense to just stick to your guns if you're just trying to protect your wife. You see how, remember when, remember when Supreme Court, remember when families used to be off limits? You just hear that all the time. Families are off limits. You can't criticize Chelsea Clinton. Can't criticize Hunter Biden. Families are off limits. Then Donald Trump gets in. Oh no, you can, you, you, you can criticize his kids. It was open season on his kids. Donald Trump's out. Joe Biden's back in. Oh no, you cannot criticize Joe Biden's kids. Can't criticize. Ginny Thomas is not on the Supreme Court. She is entitled. She has the right to have her own political opinions. She has the right to, uh, to explain those opinions. She could go and stand right in front of the Supreme Court and protest if she wanted. She has every right to do that. And you would think that liberal Democrats would support that. Here, I thought we lived in a world where women were empowered to have their own beliefs, were empowered to have their own political opinions, even if it disagreed with the man of the house. They are shaming her. I mean, this is the last thing you'd expect to see from supposed feminists going after Ginny Thomas because she had the gall to have a political opinion. But they are. And they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're going after her. They're still talking about impeaching Kavanaugh. They're still saying, I mean, you watch the news all week this week about the, the Jackson confirmation hearings. They are still claiming that Kavanaugh was credibly accused. Almost all, all except for one, all the other accusers, not the main accuser, all the other accusers have all either recanted or been proven to be lying, lying sacks of crap, right? <laughs> they still always credibly accused. Remember Avenatti? Avenatti stepping forward. Oh, I have credible evidence that Kavanaugh is a rapist. Where is Avenatti now? Where is he now? Oh, yeah, he's a uh, prison. It's funny how that works. 
No, but they're, they're still claiming that Kavanaugh deserves to be impeached, that Kavanaugh deserved to be removed. Amy Coney Barrett, they're still talking about removing her, saying that she cannot rule on abortion cases because her Catholicism invalidates her vote. Gorsuch, they haven't been that mad at Gorsuch because if you've been following Gorsuch, Gorsuch has not been voting with the conservative bloc on a lot of these issues. There's been multiple cases, important cases, where he has flipped and voted alongside with Roberts and the liberals on the bench, pissing a lot of conservatives off. So they've kind of gone hands off of Gorsuch, hoping that he turns into a, a John Roberts, a, a liberal, a liberal Republican nominee, Supreme Court justice. But they want to go after Trump's, right? So if they can get Jackson, if they can get Jackson, that doesn't change the makeup of the court because it's, it's a Democrat nominee replacing a Democrat nominee. But if they can get Clarence Thomas off and replace him with a far left nominee, all of a sudden the makeup of the Supreme Court shifts. All of a sudden we're not talking about a 6-3 conservative majority. Then you're back to a 5-4, which really isn't true because John Roberts is not a conservative. If, if you have a 5-4 majority and you're relying on John Roberts to cast that deciding vote, he will disappoint you nine times out of 10. Tenth time only being because there's some special interests out there demanding vote a certain way. That's my opinion. I mean, <laughs> he, he is not a conservative. He is not a conservative anymore. We've seen him stand in the way of conservatism more than we've seen him defend it. If we have a 5-4 majority and it's, it's hinging on his vote, might as well be a Democrat, a liberal majority on this. On the important, the important cases, the liberals will win. So that is why they're going after Clarence Thomas, even if they can't get Kavanaugh, if, even if they can't get Barrett. Right? They, want, they, want, uh, they want Clarence Thomas because that will shift it back to a 5-4 and will give them the ability win a lot more cases because there have been a bunch of cases that have been five four decisions this year where john roberts tried to side he did side with the democrats but thank goodness there were enough conservatives on the bench to still win the day that's why they're going after him so hard and it just if, if so much wasn't at stake this would be kind of funny again the idea of feminists going after um, Supreme Court justice because his wife has her own opinions, her own beliefs. I, I hear this. I'm like, what year is this? <laughs> is this the 1950s? What year is this? Attacking a man for what his wife is out there saying. But ultimately, they, they want to get to us. They don't want to just get to Clarence Thomas. They want to get to us. This, this has been a long time coming. To this day, they are still chomping at the bit to silence us if you believe election was stolen they want to silence you who was the who was the congressman that mo brooks was it was it mo brooks uh yes uh so i think it was mo brooks yeah mo brooks sorry mo brooks uh is a congressman from alabama yeah alabama and donald trump just withdrew his endorsement of mo brooks because mo brooks went out there and said we all need to move on from 2020 Donald Trump had endorsed him. They said, nope, not involved in that. You're out. I, we, not, it's, we can't move on from 2020. There's no moving on from 2020. As long as 2020 is allowed to, to remain on the books without any clarification of what happened, they're going to do it again. Like whether or not we can actually go back and unskin that cat, doubtful. There's no mechanism within the Constitution 
to remove a president and reinstall a different president. There's just no mechanism in it. The only way that Donald Trump can become president before 2025 would be if he became Speaker of the House and they impeached impeached Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's the only way he can actually be elevated. There's no mechanism to say, oh, we got it wrong. Donald Trump actually won. He's going to take over instead. What's done is done. That's why we were fighting so hard to stop certification. That's why we were fighting so hard to have states rescind their delegates to the Electoral College. The way the system is designed, once they hold that vote, once they certify it, once he puts his hand on the Bible, holds up his right hand and swears to God that he'll faithfully execute the, the, the office of president, once that happens, it's over. You can, remove, you can remove Joe Biden through impeachment. You can remove him. I guess technically you can remove him for crimes. He could be prosecuted for other crimes. That would be really dicey, though. But impeachment, he could be forced to resign. But there's no mechanism to install Trump. Again, short of him becoming Speaker of the House and being elevated through a system of very quick, very efficiently timed impeachments. But you can't, like, uh, saying that there's no way to undo the 2020 election results does not mean that we should not be investigating, should not be studying, should not be trying to fix what happened. Because if you do, if you move on, as Mo Brooks has suggested that we do, what you get is you get a 2022 midterm that's also stolen. You get a 2024 election that's also stolen. No, you have to fix this right now. And whether we can prove it or not, the ballot harvesting thing, easy to prove. It's easy to stop the ballot harvesting, right? You outlaw, automatic, um, no questions asked, mail-in voting. In order for someone to vote absentee, you gotta go the way Pennsylvania should have, you have to have a good reason. Or the way Texas does, you have to have a good reason. Get rid of automatic, no questions asked, absentee mail-in voting, outlaw ballot harvesting, period. No one can be in possession of more than two ballots. And the only other ballot that they can have in their possession is a direct family member or someone that they are a caretaker of. That's it. But they have to be related, right? It's either it's their, their wife or it's, it's an elderly member of the family that they're, they're helping. Two ballots. That's it. Anyone caught in possession of more than two ballots, felony, throw the book at them, mandatory minimums. Get rid of unmonitored drop boxes. No more drop boxes in the middle of nowhere where there are no cameras, where no one can see. No, if you want to vote absentee, you must bring it to an actual clerk. Show them your ID, prove you are who you say you are, and you give them the ballot. You can't just dump a pile of ballots into a mailbox, into a drop box. Easy fixes. Easy, easy fixes. On the electronic side, even if we can't prove exactly how the electronics were manipulated, we know that they are manipulatable, right? We know that they are manipulatable. We cannot prove certain things because we know someone went into the machines in Antrim County, the machines in Mesa County, Colorado, and deleted the logs. Maricopa County, don't forget that one, where we literally have them on tape deleting logs. wonder when Brnovich is going to charge him. There are laws that we can pass to safeguard elections from this manipulation. Even if you cannot prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the manipulation happened or it happened in a certain way, the mere vulnerabilities should be enough to warrant changes to our election law. All of this is so obvious. But you won't see Republicans fighting for it. No, you have Mo Brooks saying, oh, it's time to move on. 
One of the reasons that they're doing that is the mainstream media has branded anyone who cares about 2020 election fraud, cares about these different changes to the election system, the way that laws and, and regulations were abused to give Democrats an advantage. If you believe in that, they say you're a conspiracy theorist. They say you are off your rocker and you deserve to be canceled. So people like Mo Brooks, who had long been a supporter of President Trump, told everyone to move on. So there is no moving on. Frankly, we, we need more Ginny Thomases, not less. We need, we, need, we need more Ginnies, less Mo's. I like that. More Ginnies, less Mo's. That makes a lot of sense to me, at least. So we're going to keep covering this. We're going to keep watching this. Um, don't have a whole lot more to say today. I, I just, I, I can't believe that they're actually doing this to Clarence Thomas. Well, I can. But <laughs> it just, it still seems so amazing to me that on the same day that they, the same week that they are advancing one African-American judicial nominee saying that anyone who opposes her is racist, in their very next breath, they are trying to force the other African-American justice to resign in shame for not something he did, but something his wife did. It's just, it's hard to unpack. <laughs> it's hard to unpack that. And the only reason they're able to get away with that is because the mainstream media is carrying the water. The mainstream media is willing to perpetuate these ridiculous narratives and people buy it. I mean, I hope people don't buy it. And that's one of the goals of this show, the new show, The Max McGuire Show, which if, if this is your first time watching or listening, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can find it on audio version. Some of the different directories are taking a little bit of time. Some of them take a few days to update. But we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. So check us out there. And again, if you do have an iPhone, a MacBook, an iPad, or even just iTunes installed on your Windows device, please do on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, listen to, you have to listen a little bit, otherwise they'll take your review down and then leave us a five-star review. I think we have 15, 15 reviews right now. Let me, let me just real quick look. I think we have 15 reviews and uh, all five stars. So that's why we were able to climb today um, to 185 on the Apple Podcast political charts, 185 on the Apple Podcast political charts here. I will put that on the screen right here. Oh. So not, not in the top 100. We'll get there. I will, we will get, oh, look, closing in, Serve Daily Podcast 100. Here we go. I, just so everyone knows, it is real. Um, oh, no, where'd we go? We just get, we just get reduced? Oh, no. Oh, no, they dropped us down. Oh, we need your help. <laughs> they dropped us down even lower. Need your help. Go into Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and help us climb back up. We were higher. That's weird. Still saying that we're 185. That's weird. So help us climb up those rankings. Even, even the idea we did one podcast and we're in the top 200 is crazy. So help us out. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe and share this podcast with other people. We're going to be... We're going to have a more uh, rigid schedule. Probably going to be looking at Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Fridays may be pre-recorded. Um, so just... Bear with me on that, trying to figure out the best times. Probably going to go live middle of the day. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about maybe a 1 p.m. Eastern time. That seems like a really a, a nice time where I can look at the news in the morning, put together a show, and, and react to what's happening real time and not give you what happened yesterday. Um, so I think that 1 p.m. Eastern time, maybe 2 p.m. Eastern time, we'll see, one, one or the other, um, probably right around there will be official time once we start going on a rigid schedule until that happens we're gonna be putting out more irregular podcasts actually I, th I think i'm starting that on monday so um 
yeah, I'll, I'll put that on my Telegram. What time? Probably either be 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Lots of people have been asking, when is the history podcast going to be? The history podcast is going to be part of this podcast. So rather than create two podcasts and try and get both to rise up in rankings and be listened to, the history episodes are going to be uploaded as part of the Max McGuire show. Those episodes will have history in the title. So if you aren't really interested in history, you don't have to listen to those ones. But I do recommend that you listen to the history podcast. Anyone who listened to my old history podcast when I was doing them for Conservative Daily, um, you know that they are very informative. And I try and, and cover topics that are important for today. Cover the topics that are most important for today so that we can learn from our history and not repeat the mistakes of our forefathers. So that will be coming soon um, as well. But those will be on this podcast. They'll just be separately titled episodes. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Lastly, one more thing. Um, building up a bunch of sponsors for the show. Um, I am going to have a membership option through Locals.com. So if you want to support the show with a, um, a recurring membership, you'll be able to do so there. I'll be putting that out. Um, I am also partnering with Prep SOS, which is a prepping supply company. Um, I left a link in the description. Um, if you support, if you go over there, you can stock up on food. I've never seen it like this, the run on survival food. I just ordered a bunch for my family, so I wanted to partner with them to give you guys some great deals. Um, and full disclosure, when you do use that link, you do some. we do get some commission. So we do get a small commission, helps us grow the show, pay for all the different things I now need to pay for on my own. <laughs> so yeah, go to that link in the description. It's Prep SOS, and there's a little bit for uh, my affiliate tag if you want to support the show and stock up. Food prices are going up. That's undeniable. We've all seen it at the grocery store. We don't think about it, but the, the price of emergency food is also going through the roof. So please head over there. Um, support them, and in doing so, support our channel. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Until next time, remember that the fight to take back the country, not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.